Hello coders, welcome to episode 163 of the How to Code Well podcast. This will be published on the 30th of June. And today's show is all about 10x developers. What is a 10x developer? Why are 10x developers not paid any more than, say, a 5x developer? And I've also got a secret skill for software devs, an underrated skill that I think that a lot of people should know, right? It's all kind of related, 10x developers and this secret skill. Before we get into this, though, uh, let's go through the changelog quickly. What have I been up to in the previous week? So some unrelated software development news. I am obviously a dog father. I have two dogs. They are both English Springer Spaniels. One is Goose, one is Murphy. Murphy is two years old. Goose is about six months old. And the other evening, Goose has passed or had passed his foundation puppy course. Yay! So he should know, sit, stand, uh, heel, loose leash walking, close, um, stay, wait, drop, leave it, all of those good things. So yes, he's a, he's a really, um, I'm very proud of uh, the fact that he's passed that course. To be honest though, I think all the puppies passed the course. <laughs> but no, he's coming on really well. On some software development news now. So I have been running some experiments with Kubernetes. I've been talking a lot about the deployment phase that we're in with howtocodewell.net. And the purpose of uh, these experiments are to get cron jobs running on the staging platform. And the staging platform isn't actually like something that's being used uh, constantly. It's been torn down and and uh, tweaked you know, quite frequently in the evening. So it's it's certainly not production ready, but I'm using uh, tools like Jira. I've started using Jira as a means of managing the, the workload and planning of the delivery tickets for the deployments. So there's a lot of learning that I have to do personally for things like Terraform, Kubernetes, Ansible, uh, Docker and all of that jazz in order to get where, where I want to be, you know, done. So one of the one of the things was learning Kubernetes cron jobs. So I've got some experiments that are actually running as we speak on uh, the Kubernetes cluster that I've created regarding cron jobs. Now, there's also been a lot of things that I've done recently to do with security, security tweaks in the, in the DevOps space. And I don't really want to talk about those because, you know, you're kind of giving away your ingredients, right? So what I think I'm going to do in the next few streams or the streams continuing on will be around uh, another work stream that isn't DevOps related. It's more to do with upgrades. So upgrading things like Symfony, NPM, uh, any kind of uh, JavaScript stuff, uh, NPM modules. The PHP, I want to get to PHP 8.1. We're not. We're on PHP 8 point something or other. And also there's a bunch of composer packages that I need to update. So I'm using com uh, Jira as a means of managing that. And that's what we're going to be doing over the course of the next uh, set of streams is doing a load of upgrades. And I'll be doing that in a different branch to the deployment stuff. So you might see a bunch of new folders come into play, but I won't be talking about the DevOpsy stuff. Unfortunately, I've just made that decision that I really ought to not be talking about any kind of security related stuff either here on the podcast or just live uh, when I do the live coding stuff. And that happens on the Sunday. So Sunday around half past two, three o'clock 
this is in you know the British summertime here. I will do those on Twitch, so twitch.tv forward slash how to code well. And on the Tuesday show, so this is um, Tuesday at 6 p.m., usually 6 p.m., we work through the next course that is going to be on this new how to code well platform. And this is to do with the PHP registration course. And this registration course is progressing quite well. There's a lot left to do, loads to do, in fact. And it's going to not have any frameworks. We're actually building ourselves a framework in this course. And we are working at the moment through the routing system. So next week on Tuesday, I am going to be using things like the PSR HTTP message interfaces and other interfaces related to PSR uh, for routing. And we are using TDD as a means of sort of building this. So I know I get a lot of questions, you know, can you do any TDDs on stream, TDD sort of examples on stream? Yes, I am doing this through the, throughout this course. Um, so come and check that out on Tuesday. That's on YouTube at 6 p.m. Okay, so that's the, that's the change log. Let's get into what this whole 10x developer malarkey is all about. Not so long ago, in the tweet, the dumpster fire that is Twitter, there was a, a <laughs> the polite way of saying it would be a discussion on what a 10x developer is, right? And I even jumped on this dumpster fire and poured a bit of gasoline on top. But coming away from this now, thinking about what a 10x developer is, I think about how I have progressed in my career, right? And I would like to think that I have progressed to at least 10x myself within the past, say, 10, 15 years in development, right? I would like to think that I am 10 times as better as a programmer now than I was back then. But how do you measure that? How do you measure this? And also, why are so-called 10x developers not paid um a great deal any more than, say, a 5x developer is, whatever they are. Okay, so let's talk about the measurements. So if we were to compare this industry with, say, a salesperson, right? So if a salesperson was a 10x salesperson, that's quite an easy thing to measure because they would be making 10x the times of sales that their colleagues are making, and therefore they are getting 10x the commission. That is quite a, a tangible thing that you can measure. They would get 10 times the amount of money. If we were to look at other professions, say uh, an electrician or say a, a window cleaner, for instance, how do they 10x themselves? Well, this is where we start talking about efficiency. Okay, efficiency. I mean, I'm not an electrician. I'm not a window cleaner. So I am making a bit of reach, uh, a couple of judgments calls here, a load of assumptions. So please shoot me down if I get any of this wrong or I've or I've making too harsh a judgment on these things. But if you were an electrician and you wanted to make some more money, the way I would do it if I was an electrician would be to get more work. And the way I would do it is make sure that the work that I currently have is done to a decent sort of a decent standard, a professional standard. And you would want that because that would be your reputation. However, you would want to get to that point as quickly as possible. So you would want to find the most efficient way to do your job, to 
to do the thing to then get paid to then do another job and that would be the same thing for say a window cleaner you would want to do you want to clean that house clean those windows in the most efficient way possible right and therefore you can clean more windows and therefore make more money within that finite amount of time that is called the day right because there's only eight hours in the day therefore there is a limit to the amount of windows one can clean and therefore and the same with an electrician that is there is there is a limit to the amount of work you can do within one day right so it's about efficiency for those kind of industries if i was to go down that assumption road right is that the same with programmers is a t- is a 10x developer more efficient than say a 5x developer is well if we're talking about speed in terms of like how much code can you write you know if if a 10x developer are we therefore saying say a 10x developer writes more code because they can hammer the keyboard faster well I was thinking about this the other day and and I don't believe that's true. I think that 10x developers don't actually write a lot of code. And I was thinking about where I what I what I'm doing in my my current career and where I've come from and and the projects that I've been on and the amount of code that I've I've created and the, the amount of code that is just sitting there in technical debt these days. And and comparing that to the other things that I do in my career, right? And I'm actually doing a lot more of the other things in my career these days than I am actually coding. So, for instance, I'm writing more documentation. I'm doing more investigation. I am creating diagrams. I am having more meetings. I am discussing different scenarios. I am building user stories and user journeys. I am considering all sorts of different consequences. I am looking upon this in a very more of a methodical way rather than just jumping into the code and writing stuff because that stuff might stick when I throw it or throw it throw it across the fence, you know? That might work. I'm considering good practice. I am considering security issues. I am considering all sorts of different things that a 10x developer should consider. Now, am I a 10x developer? I don't think I am. I think I'm 10 times better than I was, say, 15 years ago. But I don't want, I wouldn't want to say that I'm a 10x dev, right? So, I believe that a better programmer writes less code. They write less code because they can see that the, 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 the perhaps the bug, the feature, isn't necessarily requiring code, right? There are times when, uh, as a programmer, I would look at a, a problem and go, actually, we could do this, solve this in a different manner. Perhaps we could do this through PHP or Python, but perhaps we could do this through uh, something else. Like maybe it could be done through um, a data, a different database query. Maybe this could be done through a different set of architecture. Maybe this could be done through a, a different means of getting to that solution, right? Whereas someone who doesn't have that level of experience, doesn't have that level of knowledge, would just hammer it out in code. There's this thing, this saying, you know, there are there is definitely more than one way to actually write the solution in code and or, or solve the solution in something else that isn't code. Right. Code is not always the solution. 
So I believe that better programmers actually write less. They read code. They read a lot of code. They do pull requests. They do code reviews. They do peer programming. They are the go-to people because they've been in that in that company for a long time. They know the system quite well. So my other point, when we talk about payment, because one of the questions that I ask myself is why are these 10x devs, you know, not paid as much as say a 5x dev you know it gets to a point where you don't you don't actually get paid much more right what is that what what is why is that because if we go back to the salesperson scenario you can you can say that because they've had 10 times the amount of sales they are making 10 times the amount of money that is something that is that they can see is you know you can have it on a graph that was my phone that beeped so when we're writing less code and we're solving problems in different ways, it's usually just sort of a, yes, that's a great, uh, a, a great way of not overcomplicating this, this problem. And therefore, because you haven't overcomplicated this problem, we don't have a problem like a big issue. You know, it's not going to catch fire and say a year's time. And therefore, your your praise is just praise it's just th you know thank you very much for not going down that technical route right and sometimes sometimes i won't even mention that we shouldn't even go down that route right if there's no justification needed in a discussion i would probably write it down as a documentation as to why we cho chose not to go down that particular route but sometimes it's just you know if you're talking to people who are let's say not as tech savvy as you there is no need to go down the route of of why we chose x over y because you'll just a probably overcomplicate the discussion and and confuse and maybe even scare the person you're speaking to right it you got to you've got to tailor your discussions to the audience but you've you've you have done the work you have you have done the workings out you you've got justification ready just in case you get asked and you've had those discussions with more technical people and they've all agreed and they're on your side and so you go to the client and you say we're actually going to do blah 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 and if they don't say oh why don't you do xyz you can you know you don't have to go down that route and therefore sometimes people just aren't aware of of all the things that you've gone through in order to make that into make that decision and also because you haven't gone down that route the thing hasn't caught fire because you you haven't overcomplicated it and therefore there is no need to give you any more praise right because you're not doing anything more right you're not making any more thing like uh like like I said with the salesperson you're not there isn't there isn't another output you're just more efficient <laughs> and that and efficiency is very difficult to measure so you can't you can't really put a monetary value to that right and that is why i believe sometimes these developers don't get paid any more than someone who knows less also another thing is that developers who are quote unquote 10x developers however you want to define that but developers who are more efficient right developers who are more efficient at their day-to-day -day role 
One of the reasons why they are efficient is because they are aware of all of the caveats in the current system that they're working on. So they, they know all the workarounds, right? They've been there. They've probably created some of the workarounds. They know all the secret scripts. They know how to get into places. They know different credentials and access. They know other people to speak to to get things done. They have had their um, legs under the table for such a long time that they are part of the furniture. Now, what happens to those developers over time is that they get bored because the job becomes relatively easy for them. It's not really challenging anymore. They've got to a point where they know all the things, right? And, you know, a, a new feature comes out. Yeah, OK, we'll just build it fine. Or, you know, this bug happens. Yeah, OK, I, I know what problem that is because I built that system, say, three years ago. Meh. Um, and my name is plastered all over this, this uh, GitHub repo. At that point, developers get bored and then they move. They move to another company. And I see this as kind of like um, if, you, if you picture a circle, right? Picture a circle and you put a line in the circle and you say, right, that's the starting point of the job. At the starting point, you're, you're very new to the job. You might be a very good PHP developer or Python dev or whatever software you're working on whatever stack you're working on, you might be like the best best at it, right, in the world. But the company that you've worked, you, that you've just started, you are incredibly, incredibly fresh. So as, a, as, a, as an example, right, as an example, I'm a contractor. And so the, the hardest week is usually the first week because that is the week in which you're setting all the stuff up. You're itching to go, right? You've got tickets assigned to you. You just want to get this thing done, but you need to set up your environment. That is really problematic. And my experience, it rarely goes well in the first first instance. When you, you get asked to run a single script to bring everything up, usually lots of things fall over. And usually you have to go through different levels of documentation. You need to ask questions. You need to have meetings with the people. You need to get credentials, access stuff, all of this jazz. You need to pull down various assets and databases. And you need to know where all of those things live. And you need to know who to speak to in order to get to that point. Right. So the first week is usually the most taxing. However, when you're now in the when when you go around the circle if we come back to the circle so if you go up to say the first quarter of the circle then you're like okay this is something that i can now do in my sleep right i can tear down my system and i can bring it back up relatively quickly right i know all the pitfalls i know how to do all of this stuff so you get more experienced with the company you get more experienced with the process how they deal with it Move up the circle so you're halfway. Okay, so you got halfway. Fine, brilliant. You're halfway through your contract. You're really, you know, really uh, working at full pelt now. You you you've done a several sprints. You know exactly what what how how the process goes, how the release works. A lot of your code is already in production, right? Because you've had a number of sprints. And then you go to the next quarter, the, the third quarter, and it's like, right, okay, so this is now getting quite samey, right? In some cases, in some cases, in, in a lot of cases, it's not. But in terms of like the process, you just know. You just know where to go. You, you know the documentation you need to read. You know who you need to speak to because you've spoken to them for so long. And you just know. You just know. And then what happens when you get to the, all the way down to the other, to the last quarter your contract ends, right? 
or if you're a full-time developer, you consider that you need to leave, right? You, you're, you're getting bored and you want to go on to something else. And then you start a new job and you start a new job in another company and you've got to do the whole process again. And it doesn't matter how good you are in terms of, you know, how, how, how good you are at coding, how many shortcut keys you've got mapped to your PHP storm or how good you are at writing bash scripts or whatever. You don't know the process of the company that you've just started on, right? So you're now back into that whole cycle. And what happens is when the developer gets bored, they usually go on to another job. And therefore, when they, they do that, they, in my opinion, no longer become a 10x developer because they are less efficient as when they as what they were when they were in that other job, the, the previous job, because they are incredibly efficient there. Incredibly efficient. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yes. So the best way, in my opinion, to get a, a salary rise, a pay rise, or to, 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 to get a better daily rate is to move on to another company. But you have to expect that you're going to have to go through this cycle of pain in order to get more experienced. And then, of course, either as you, you're a contractor, you do have an end date, right, for your contract to end. Or if you are a permanent member of staff and you end up being there for years and years and years, look out for the, the fact that you might become bored and it might just become one of these easy things to do, right? And at that point, you want to be careful because when you get bored as a developer, um, you want to make sure that your skills are being, you know, updated all the time. And a bored developer who is just doing the same stuff day in, day out, months in, months out, is not a developer who is progressing in their career. That is a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. But this is why 10x developers aren't necessarily paid anymore, because there is more of this time in this cycle where a developer is just getting more experience and more experience and more experience, right? And because they are more efficient, because they are making more clever decisions, because they are getting to the solutions quicker, right? They aren't necessarily having more output, right? But they are becoming more productive. And that is something that is very difficult to measure and therefore to say, you know, you're this level of productivity and therefore you're, you're, you must earn this amount and this other developer is at another level of productivity and therefore they must earn this amount. So it's, it's not really one of these things that is, is down to how much output the developer can produce it's usually down to the experience. Now, of course, you know, go and ask for a pay rise if you want, right? But in my experience, it's better to just move on to another company in order to get a better pay rise. But that's just that's just me. I mean, I, I don't want to give any kind of career advice here, but, you know, that's just something that, uh, in my opinion, works, right? But then, hey, I'm a contractor and my contracts have a start and an end date, right? So it's like it's not like I've got any choice, right, uh, in, in, in some cases. So, okay, so the programmers don't get rates based on how product, product, um, productive they are, right, how efficient they are, whereas a salesperson has a certain amount of commission based on the amount of sales they are, sales they produce. So the better salesperson they are the more money they'll they'll accumulate okay 
So, and I've mentioned that the best way to get a raise is to start a, a new position. Let's talk about this underrated skill then. This underrated skill. I did kind of, I did kind of tease it earlier. And this skill is not to beat around the bush. This is being methodic, being more methodic in, in your day to day. So being more methodic, in my opinion, means breaking down large amounts of work into smaller, smaller, smaller chunks and just going through it piece by piece, like piecemeal and making sure that everything is working as it should, you know, before you move on to the next task. So when you have a massive amount of, of work, right, a, a huge a feature that is just ginormous and it's just growing and growing and growing, right? Maybe it's one of these story points that is, say, you know, 13 story points and it's just like it needs to be broken down. It needs to be broken down. What you want to do to become more methodic is to document your decision process. Why does it need to be broken down? What were the things that you investigated to get to that point? How did you do it? What were the commands that you ran? This is going to help you, right? But it's also going to help people after you, right? And, 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 and as a contractor, speaking from a contract, it was always good to have people who you've worked for before go, actually, yeah, this dude is really good because he shows his working and he's more methodic, right? Than say other developers when they're choosing which contractor to use. So being methodic, documenting your work also gives you a level of accountability because your name is against that document. And also because you're showing transparency. So the worst thing you can do as any kind of developer, regardless of whether you're a software, a full, sorry, a full-time developer or a contractor, is uh, the worst thing you can do is to say the same thing on stand-up for the whole week, right? Yes, I'm still working on this. Yes, I'm still working on this. And no, there isn't any blockers. The, the reason I say that is because you're not giving any kind of transparency to your delivery manager as to what it is that you're currently working on and you're not shedding any knowledge sharing, right? You're not sharing any knowledge to the rest of the team. If you can break down this this mammoth task that you've been given, this huge feature, into smaller little bite-sized pieces of things, you can say what you're working on and what you're not working on, what you're blocked on and why you've chosen to split it up like this in your stand-up, right? And it, it, it brings more of a transparent environment rather than, yes, I've been given this big task and I'm just going to say that I'm still working on it and that is my line that I'm going to be using for the rest of the week. <laughs> so transparency, accountability, really important. And you get that when you're being methodic, when you're writing down notes. And I do know really like really proper methodic programmers who are just amazing at at note taking and they do it the old school way right so they do it through a notepad with a pen and paper because they find that once they are looking away from the screen they are able to I don't know digest the information better perhaps but when you're working in a remote way right so you've got a you're using a collaboration suite. So maybe you're using, say, Confluence, or maybe you're using Google Docs. Your name, whoever you've logged in as, will be against that. I would I would also recommend those who write in the notepads should also put those notes into a Confluence or a Google Docs uh, sheet as well. 
and there's been times where I have said, you know, yes, I'm still working on this thing and I haven't really given much information away. But I wish now, thinking back to those times, I wish that I was able to show my workings, right? So then I've got something to justify why I'm saying that. Um, so you kind of avoid those difficult conversations of, well, you haven't actually written any code. <laughs> so what is it that you're doing? Um, yeah. So each time stand up is different. And this this shows that you are considering all various different outcomes because you're doing it methodically. You are looking at the bad, the ugly, and you're considering different scenarios, different solutions. You've had conversations with X, you've had conversations with Y. I've even worked with some really great programmers who will document conversations that they've had with other developers around the possible solutions, right? So it's a very collaborative document that they are producing. So, okay, going back to the original question, what is the most underrated skill in software development? I think it is to be very methodic. And there is other parts to this. It's not just documentation writing, but also looking at the code in a very methodic way, right? So what, I'm, what do I mean by this? Good practice. You want to be on top of your good practice game, right? You want to know all the, all, the, all the code smells. You want to know all the things that could, um, could cause, say, PHP stand to cry. Or you want to know what will fail in PHP unit. You want to write tests. You want to be able to audit your code. You should be proud of the code that you write because, as I mentioned, a 10x developer doesn't write as much code as, say, a 5x dev, right? And so the code that you write needs to be the best code that you write, okay? It's not just code to get something out the door as quickly as possible. It is code that you are proud to put your name against. And you have justification somewhere in the documentation, either in the ticket or in some spike investigation piece on Confluence as to why you chose to do that thing, right? So being very methodic means that you are able to look at code in a way that um, you have you have thought of the various different cases, right? You've ran tests, you've done auditing, you've done all sorts of things, and you're able to prove that your code stands up and you are you are happy to put your name against it so yes that is my little rant i hope <laughs> i hope you enjoyed it if you've got any questions do let me know how to code well.fm forward slash contact is our contact page i'd love to hear from you and let me know what you think of a 10x developer is is a very clickbaity thing so that kind of could be the reason why i mentioned it anyway happy coding everyone see you again soon Bye-bye. Cheers.